many of us feel more anxious at the moment, understandably. But how can we tell if what we're feeling is potentially more serious? And how can we go about getting help? Hello, thanks for joining me again today. How are things? I hope you're doing well. I feel personally like we've entered an almost surreal phase of this whole business in the last week, like things that felt so incredibly strange a month ago do sort of feel normal now, but, you know, always with that palpable sense that we're living through extraordinary times. So I hope that you're managing to weather the ups and downs of it all and just, you know, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Of course, for all the chats that we have here about minding ourselves through this extraordinary period, you know, we also have to acknowledge that for some of us at this time, like we really need additional supports. What may have started as an anxiety around the coronavirus you know, for some has escalated to something more persistent or perhaps if we've had mental health difficulties in the past, like this experience is proving sort of triggering for some of us. Today, I'm joined by clinical psychologist and CEO of St. Patrick's Mental Health Services, Paul Gilligan. Now, Paul and I talk about how to safely access services at the moment, what we can expect when we do. And he also explains why it's always better to act sooner rather than later when it comes to our mental health. We also talk about recognising if we're experiencing something more intense or problematic than what, you know, we could broadly call a standard response to this unprecedented event. We're all completely psychologically and emotionally consumed by concerns about COVID-19. There's no doubt about that. And most of us have never experienced anything like this before. So, you know, you have to accept that part of developing and growing as a person involves coming to terms with uncertainty around health and mortality. Um, But really, I suppose, finding an understanding and a meaning and an emotional resilience in these circumstances is probably particularly difficult. Um, Trying to get a, a, a meaningful understanding of the risks and the... I suppose the physical piece of this and the social piece of this is challenging enough. But then beside that, you have this whole emotional impact. And to be honest, I think most of us at the moment are distracted from that. But I think it's going to become a real challenge uh, to to be able to meet the emotional, the emotional uh, fallout and the, um, the, the, the challenges that are going to come to us around things like loss depression, anxiety. So I think there's that aspect first and foremost. So Mm. there's that first piece which is saying this particular worldwide occurrence will create a particular emotional impact for me and and how do I address that? And then there's a second piece which is saying actually how do I know when this is becoming something that's not just a sort of a standard reaction, but something that's indicating I have an emotional or a mental health difficulty that's emerging for me that I need to address. That is a key question. What kinds of things would we notice in ourselves or would we notice in somebody else that just might feel this feels like it's maybe not the standard response? It feels like it's maybe the volume's turned up a little bit too much on it. Yeah, well, I think I think the first thing is for people to really recognise and acknowledge that there's this, you know, there's a, a psychological process that we're all probably going to go through and that we're going to uh, going through that is normal. It's 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 something where we're, we're, we'll see in other people. We'll hopefully have the self-awareness to see in ourselves. 
And it, it doesn't indicate that we're having mental health or, or psychological difficulties, but, that, but, but, but depending on where we are in the process, they're going to be symptoms or they're going to be reactions that we have that will make it look like that. So if you look at the sort of, the best way to understand this is, is sort of, it's a process of stages. So at the moment we're, well, we're probably a little bit beyond it, but certainly in the start of this, it was about shock and fear. Mm. And, and I think many people are still living at high levels of fear. Um, and, it's, and it's raw fear. It's, will I get this? Can I get this? Um, I don't want to get it. Will my relative get? Will my loved one get it? Etc. Mm. Um, and that and that will that will impact on our behaviour, uh, in, in our conversations, in our thinking. Uh, that's that's going to move. It's going to move into other into into other stages. Things like anxiety, um, maybe depression in some people, uh, anger, mm. and you're beginning to see some of that now. You, that gets expressed through various channels, but you're beginning to see people getting angry. Then there's this sort of numbness stage where you become disconnected, and then we 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 go into a sort of an acceptance and resolution stage. But but right along that process, you can run into what what what's best described as emotional or psychological blocks. And I think the best way to know that that's happening is 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 three things. First of all, that that they that 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 particular emotion or the behaviours that result from that are beginning to dominate us. Mm. So we're, we're not able to step beyond that behavior or that thinking. Secondly, that it's, that it's interfering with our, with our normal uh, way of life. Now, the problem is people's normality has changed as well. So we really have to take that into account. But if you're not able to do the sort of things you would normally do without these, the, the, these particular emotions or behaviors interfering, just that basic thing of, of, of getting on with life. So, we're, you're, you know, you talk to people and... Now shopping is a massive issue, but there are people who are saying now, I can't do it. I simply can't do it because yeah. I'm stuck in this sort of fear mode or this anxious mode. And then you're, t you're talking to other people who are saying, I, I, OK, you know, I'm socially isolating and um, the kids are at home with me and I just cannot engage with them at all because I'm consumed with watching the TV. I'm close to having panic attacks. So it's 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 where those it's where behaviour and thinking are dominated, they're interfering, and they're preventing us from getting on with normal life. I think then we're starting to realise, yeah, this may be coming a, a difficulty that I need to acknowledge, and it isn't part of this normal process that indeed we're probably all going through. If someone is listening to this and recognising what you're saying and feeling like, oh, that sounds very familiar. What are the next steps in terms of seeking help? Like, are they the same now as they usually are? Like, what, what should people do? Well, I suppose I see this in, in the concept of a, of, of, of a circle, OK? So let's think about it as a help circle. Um, and wh what's really important for people is you start with the people closest to you in the circle and you look for support from them. And then as, as your needs um, either get worse uh, or where, where the people closest to you can't help you, then you move out, out further out in, 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 into, into the other support uh, pieces of the circle. Mm -hmm. So for, for, I would always say to people, start with your loved ones, the people closest to you. And, you know, do, do, do the key things that, are, that, that, that we know resolve mental health difficulties. And the first one is talking about your worries, talking about your feelings, talking about the behaviour you're engaging in. And 
listening and trying to build up uh, an openness to allow the person closest to you to to guide you through that. And of course, where from for for many people with with difficulties that are embedded or that have uh, that are that are more serious, the people around them can't because yeah. the people the, the support while they want to love you and support you, you need something more than that. You need a, a more objective service. And so then the next step is to is to is to reach outwards. And there's lots of helplines that you can phone anonymously. If that isn't going to work, you then talk to your GP and you go towards the formal mental health uh, care options. The really important part of this is to see it as a gradual process, but but to to move through it as fast as and and as 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 um, as, as fast as you can, uh, finding where you need to really park yourself and being prepared to uh, go the whole hog on this. Um, and, and not seeing that if you meet a block at one level, that that means you can't be helped, but rather that there are more suitable options for you or that your particular difficulty needs a bit more objectivity or a bit more formality. Um, but start with, the, start with the people closest and moving out. Uh, some people are concerned that the services are not there. They are there. Some people are concerned that they're not safe. They are safe, and but but where there's concerns like that, people should feel confident to ask the questions. You know, is it safe to use the service? Um, uh, are you still operating the way you used to, or, or are there new options that I that I can that I can uh, leverage? The, I, I think the other important piece of this is is about self help. Um, now, in many cases, self help is not enough, but it absolutely will always help, and. That, that's that's around the three or four key principles of mental health care, one of which is continually uh, finding ways to reinforce that you're a good person. And it's really interesting, I say this to people, and uh, an awful lot of people at the moment uh, are failing on this one. They feel in some way they're letting themselves or other people down by being anxious, by being depressed at a time when everybody's uh, under pressure. And that, that, that impacts on their self-esteem and their self-worth. So it's really important to go back and reinforce for yourself that actually having a mental health difficulty is not a failure. It is not something you should blame yourself for. That it's, as we know, resulting from a combination of factors, uh, personality, circumstances and history. And that very often uh, the, the, the pressures coming from this COVID-19 crisis are adding to other uh, substantial issues that exist in people's lives. And it's, you know, effectively, it's part of the human experience. At some point, people people will cycle through something, whether it be an extreme difficulty or an emotional block, as you described, or, you know, whatever periods. It's 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 utterly normal in that sense. Well, well, well that's 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 right. And the the issue is that in, in, in many in many ways, because you have this worldwide crisis, it actually gives people less permission to step forward and say, you know, I'm I'm struggling with my mental health. But, but I think I think that's that's a very good point. That if people accept that most people will go through a stage where they will experience mental health difficulties, and therefore the fact that it happens to be happening to you at this particular time is not a sign of weakness. It's it's a combination of factors. And that it is part of that human experience, and you, and it's really important that people reach out 
with confidence to know that they can get help mm -hmm. and do that because storing it away or saying well I'll deal with it when this whole crisis is over will simply see it exacerbate and become harder to deal with. In terms of say the services like we know anecdotally that a lot of people with non-Covid related illnesses are kind of seem to be slow to seek medical advice or access treatment at the moment and I'm sure that's also true for people experiencing poor mental health at the moment but you know for example in St Patrick's can you give us a flavour of like how have the services that you offer been adapted to operate in line with current guidelines? Most services have tried to adapt and realise the importance of not just going out to people saying we're still here but indeed finding new ways to reach out to people. Um, St Pat's are no different. Um, one of the things we've done is, um, I suppose, leveraged what we do best, which is inpatient care, and we've now offered that through a home care package. Um, it's very interesting that, 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 that this model, while it was put in place to adapt to primarily the social isolation and the limitations placed on people's movements as a result of this virus, but in fact it's, it's getting incredible feedback, particularly from um, young people the other thing we've done is we've put all of our uh, Dean clinics, our um, our daycare uh, on uh, now available on the on uh, using telephone or video, and again people have adapted to this really well. Not just the therapists, but indeed um, um, the service users, and so service users are now able to engage in group work with us using Microsoft Teams or using uh, one of these uh, applications, and that that brings with it some challenges, but indeed has brought some advantages, and so people are beginning to see the therapeutic advantages of that. And that's 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 really, really positive. Really thinking that in some way, oh, look, you know, this is a really difficult time for everybody and people have it worse than me and I'll wait till it's all over is only going to make the situation exponentially worse, that it's much better to plug into whether it is, as you say, in the the early stages of that care circle, if it's your loved ones or your families and then moving out to your GP or maybe more formal services the sooner you do it, the better you'll feel, but also you'll have a more manageable issue. I have to say, from my perspective, people, anybody who steps out and, and, and reaches out to receive mental health care at any time in their lives um, is making a massively brave decision. Yeah. Because what they're saying is they're, they're saying they're prepared to start that journey of recovery and they're, they're prepared to confront what, what, what is probably one of the most difficult health things to confront, which is your psychological and emotional well-being to do it at this time where you've got other factors is even more brave and it's it's demonstrating not just a commitment to addressing your own psychological issues but indeed your your commitment to be socially and familiarly responsible because what 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 you're doing is you're saying actually i am prepared to stand up and acknowledge that if, if I do this, it will benefit me, of course, but it will also benefit all of those around me and society and will make me, uh, it will enable me to confront and deal with some of the psychological issues and move back into being a happy, um, productive person. So I think, I think if people see it as a, as, a, as, a, as a brave step that's actually contributing to society and to the health of society and indeed to their own health and that that is really important i think i think that's that 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 can be a driver to make the right decisions there is no question that all of us move up and down the spectrum of mental well-being throughout our lives like we've good and we've bad periods of varying intensities and durations so you know if you are feeling overwhelmed by anxiety or low mood or something else 
I really hope that listening to Paul has reassured you that, you know, there's never a bad time to reach out to say, I'm not really coping, basically to ask for help. Now, that is not to say it's easy. It often isn't. But I hope you are able to take that first step of confiding in a loved one or perhaps calling your GP. I know that Paul and the team at St. Patrick's have a support and information line that's open Monday to Fridays, nine to five. That number is a Dublin number. It's 01-249-3333 or email info at stpatsmail.com. Also, if you have urgent out of hours queries about referrals for St. Patrick's, that number is 01-249-3200. And as always, if you or someone you know is dealing with a mental health issue, you can access a range of other support information at rte.ie forward slash helplines. I'm Jani Lanagon. I'll talk to you again tomorrow when I'm joined by comedian Alison Spittle. But in the meantime, mind yourself. <laughs> <laughs>